Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from Pastor Tim Butker, our associate radio preacher, as he continues our series on the Lord's Prayer with his message, Daily Bread. Acts 17, verse 24 and 25 says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. When we talk of the bread of life, we're talking about the one who sustains us every hour, every second of every day. When we turn to him in a time of worship and praise, we're turning to the giver of all good things. When we head towards the Easter season during this Lenten season and we focus on prayer, we're talking about an expression of our dependence on the one who gives all men life and breath and everything else. We're encouraged that you've chosen to listen with us today as we open God's word and let him speak to us by the power of his spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time and thank you for this opportunity to come before you in reverence, in fear of who you are with open hearts and open minds to what you might want to say to us. We ask that your spirit would be working in and through and among us. Speak to us through your word and help us see more clearly what you've revealed to us there, that we might respond in a way that gives us life and gives you glory and praise and honor. We understand that we were created by you and for you and that you are the sustaining hand in our lives. Remind us today of all of these truths and many more. Turn our hearts toward you and sensitize them before you, that we might be your people in this land and serve you wholeheartedly with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Our scripture reading for this Lenten season remains Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation, or do not bring us to the time of trial. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus And to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise And to know the Savior Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. I'm so glad I've learned to trust Thee, precious Jesus. In my mind's eye, I can still remember this picture hanging in numerous people's homes when I was younger, and I would stop at their place. It's a picture of an older gentleman sitting at a kitchen or dining room table with his head bowed and his hands folded and a loaf of bread there beside him and a Bible and some spectacles there on the table as well. Maybe you've seen the picture. and Very often, in caption around the photo or below the photo of the picture, somewhere on the frame, it said, Give us this day. Our daily bread. You know, as we head towards Easter in this Lenten season, we've been looking at this very unique prayer where Jesus taught his disciples when the disciples came to him and asked them, Lord, teach us to pray. We've been looking at portions of this prayer just in adjusting our heart during this time of repentance as we prepare for the great provision of God given to us on the cross at Easter. And today we're looking at this portion where this simple prayer for provision is offered. And obviously this is known as the Lord's Prayer or the Learner's Prayer, or when I was a football chaplain for some time, many in the football world and in the Catholic world refer to it as the Our Father. And we've looked at the reference to addressing God as Father. We're also looked at hallowing his name and the kingdom come, praying for his will to be done. And then this prayer in Luke 11, verse 3, give us this day our daily bread. It's a, it's a prayer that is a prayer for daily sustenance for life. It's an acknowledgement, really, of our radical dependence on God. When Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he suggested that they come daily to God, asking him for what's needed 
for life. And this is, of course, a realistic way of looking at life because the Bible is very clear that you and I are utterly dependent on God for everything that we have. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 24 through 26, we read that the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Everything we have comes from God. James wrote in his epistle, he said, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Paul wrote to those in Corinth, he said, What makes you different from anyone else? He said, What do you have that you did not receive? Where does life come from? How is life sustained? What is the the mystery and the wonder of all existence? It is the overflow of the creation of Almighty God. You and I are here today not because we're self-made men and women. That's a misnomer. We're here because we're creations of God, put into the world by the Creator Himself, by God Almighty. All the days ordained for us were written before one of them came to be. When Paul wrote to the believers in Colossae, he simply said this about the preeminence of Christ. He said, in him all things hold together. When you and I rightly see the world for what it is and how it was created and what drives it and what's behind it, offering a simple prayer that is, Lord, give us today what we need for today just makes common sense. It is a radical expression of our total dependence on God for all that we need in this life. And it's not a prayer for extravagance or filet mignon to be provided. It's a, it's a prayer for the basic necessities of life, for, for food and shelter and clothing, for what we need to physically live. And God has so graciously made a world where you and I can thrive and live in. But there are many resistances to the life that God wants us to have. There's, a, there's an enemy that opposes us. He, he wants to bring us down in the spiritual realm. We, we don't wrestle against one another, against flesh and blood in this world, but against the principalities and the powers and the authorities of this dark world. And, and this evil one has come into the world, Jesus said, to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to take from us what gives us life. And the power of prayer is beyond what we can understand. And Jesus said, you know, in this battle between good and evil, life and death, I want to encourage you daily to seek the Lord for what you need. Seek the Lord for provision that's needed in the physical realm of your life. And not only this, but there's an awareness that not only does he provide, but he keeps for us what is needed for life. He sustains it in us. When I was younger, I was working with my father-in-law on the farm and we were working with some livestock and every once in a while you lose a, you lose an animal, you lose a cow or you lose a pig or you lose a horse or something like that. And Growing up on the farm, you you realize how fragile life can be. And I remember the day when we experienced a death there and we were dealing with the animal and my father-in-law, as we were talking about life, he looked at me and he looked me in the eye and he said, you know, I really believe that life is very precious and fragile. And it resonated in my heart because I knew it to be true. 
The scripture is very clear. This life is, is precious. It's a gift from God, and it's, it's fragile. There are many enemies of life, and life can be snuffed out in a hurry. The scripture talks about life being a mist or a vapor that's here today and then gone tomorrow. And not only does all of life come from God, but all of life is sustained by God. It's held together by him. In reading the scriptures, we see how true this is. Consider the story of Job, recorded for us in the Old Testament, who in one day lost all, he was a wealthy man with a large family, lost all his material wealth and his riches, his family. And Job says then, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. And he said, May the name of the Lord be praised. Job was really acknowledging the fact that not only does God provide for us what we have for daily living, but he also keeps it for us and sustains it for us. We, we can't even control how often we have it. Job teaches us that, and so does the story of Ruth and Naomi recorded for us in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. You read there that Ruth was married to a gentleman, and she had two sons, and those two sons were married, and a famine came in the Bethlehem area, and so they had to leave and go off to a foreign country. And while they were in the foreign country there, Naomi's husband died, and both of her daughter-in-law's husbands, her sons, died. And Naomi knew then without the men there to work the fields and care for them, it would be hard to provide for themselves as three widowed women. And so she told the daughter-in-laws they could go back to their homelands. And one of the daughter-in-laws went back to their homeland. But Ruth said, you know, I'm, I'm with you now, Naomi. I'll be with your people. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And then Naomi and Ruth returned to the Bethlehem area with nothing. And people were surprised to see them coming back with, with no men and just the two of them. And when Ruth entered her homeland there, she said, recorded for us in Ruth, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. God's provision comes to us not only to sustain us, but even what can sustain us is held by him. It's kept by him. The Lord can give and the Lord can take away. Job teaches us that. Naomi teaches that. Consider the rich man who Jesus spoke about in Luke chapter 12, who, whose crops produced a bountiful harvest one year. And he, he bragged to himself, I'll big, build bigger barns. I'll, I'll store up grain for future years. I'll eat, drink, and be happy. And Jesus almost interrupted his exposition. And he said, you fool. Tonight, your very life will be demanded of you. Then, who will get up all that you've stored for yourselves? Our lives are in Almighty God's hands. He sustains them. He provides for them. And Jesus is teaching us to live with a sense of dependence on God, to, to appeal to him every day for what's needed, for the sustenance of life, the basic necessities. It has been rightly said that the universe and all of its creatures are upheld by God like a ball in the air. And if God were to remove his hand, the whole system would fail and collapse completely. If God should withdraw his hand, our food would all vanish. The animals would disappear. The sun would go out like a candle and the play would be over because it is in him that all things hold together. And the scripture says that he is actually restraining evil so that we might live and being patient with the world, not wanting any to perish so more and more might come to him. The book of Acts tells us that God put each person in each place in the time and the boundaries of their land for a reason, so that they might reach out to him and come to know him and even find him. 
See, this prayer is not just for the physical life that God offers us when he creates us and breathes into us the very breath of life, but God wants us to be born again spiritually, to be sustained spiritually by him forever. You and I were made to walk in harmony with God, to to be in fellowship with him, to have our souls filled, to be overflowing like rivers of living water flowing through our spirit and our soul. And so when Jesus was encouraging his disciples, we don't want to look too narrow-mindedly at this prayer. When, when he was encouraging them to, to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he's not just talking about the basic physical necessities of life, but he is inviting the disciples to come before the Lord and ask for the spiritual empowerment that only comes from the very bread of life himself, Jesus. Jesus correlated himself with bread, bread that gives sustaining power, sustaining energy to the body. Jesus said he was the very bread of life spiritually. And when we understand Jesus to be the bread of life spiritually, we understand that he has things we need to live the the fullness of life that he wants us to have. You know, as, as the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came that you and I might have life and we might have it to the full. This goes beyond the biological life. This goes to the impassioned empowerment, the zest, and the zeal of the Lord Almighty. This goes to the passions that God wants us to know. This is why it's such a great time to focus on this prayer as we head towards the Easter season, when we're literally going to be looking at the passion of Christ and his passion that kept him moving towards the cross, the passion and the zeal that was in him, the great love that drove him to stay faithful, carrying that cross up the hill towards Golgotha, that that passion that kept him there when the nails were driven into his hands, And the spikes were driven into his feet. That passion that held him there when he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. To provide for us in our soul and our spirit the bread of life that's so needed, the forgiveness of sin. And then Jesus paid that ultimate price on the cross, purchasing for you and I the the righteousness before God that, that only he could provide for us. And then he resurrected on that Easter Sunday morning. And he appeared to more than 500 people. And and then he ascended back into heaven. And he said it was good that he would go back into heaven so that he could send the comforter, the counselor, who we know him of as the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to empower us, to quicken us, to guide us, to lead us, to, to stir our souls, to correct us, to rebuke us, to train us in righteousness. This is the bread of life coming to us in the power of his spirit, offering his body, the the bread broken as a symbol of his body being broken for you and I for the forgiveness of sin, and then him ascending into heaven and wanting to pour out his spirit on all people. These are the days that Joel spoke of when he'd pour out his spirit and inspire us and instruct us and guide us and instruct us and train. Our soul longs for the guiding work of the Holy Spirit and the, the sprinkling of the love of our heavenly Father into our hearts. And then stirring in us the hope of everlasting life. This is the the, the spiritual provision that Jesus was insinuating we ought to pray for every day. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. He will do for our soul what the bread, physical bread, does for our body. Whoever lives on the bread of Christ will live forever. This is the bread that was broken for us to eat and then find nourishment in. I wonder today, are you happy with God's provision for you? Are you giving him gratitude and thanks, expressing your great love for him? You know, so often we read in the scriptures that people turn to complaining when they lose sight 
of the graciousness and kindness of God. And this Lenten season is a time to repent from our our discontent before God, from our wrong view of Him, our disbeliefs about Him being good and gracious and kind, and, and tell Him we're sorry for grumbling and complaining. If you've developed a spirit of grumbling and complaining, I want to encourage you. You know, many Christians stop three times a day before a meal, and they give thanks for what God has given to them, just the necessities of food. And in some parts of the world, This is harder for people to come by, but the scripture says if you seek God with your whole heart, seek his kingdom, he'll meet your needs. And it doesn't matter where you live. And if we cry out to God, he will come and meet us there. And as he meets us, he wants us to give him praise and thanks for his provision. As we head towards Good Friday and then Easter, this is a time to be in repentance. We ask God for what we need, the health, the food, the sustenance, and then the spiritual vitality the grace that we need to face the challenges that he brings in our lives. And as he does this, he wants us, it's his will that we turn and give him thanks and give him praise. There are many who do pray and give thanks to God, many three times a day, but there are many who don't. Are you one today, even as you hear this? You could use a correction in your spirit, turn your heart back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I thank you. I thank you for your provision. Continue to provide for me. I don't, I don't want it taken away. I want to continue to live in your good grace, in your good kindness. Daily, for billions of people, for thousands and thousands of years, God has provided. And as we seek him, he will continue to provide for us. He's worthy of our praise. Celebrating and affirming his faithfulness in the past is a great antidote or help to anxieties that we might experience in the world today. I hope You're seeing God's goodness in your life and training yourself to look for it. As we head towards Easter, let's remind ourselves to keep asking him for that daily sustenance for life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to look into your word and remind ourselves of how dependent we are upon you. We give you praise today for your daily provision. We, we, we ask for your forgiveness when we've grumbled and complained before you. We ask you to restore in us the joy of the salvation you've provided for us, that we, as we move towards this Easter season, we could be anticipating the great celebration of your great provision through your son, Jesus, and we would offer you the fruit of the praise of our lips and the offering of our lives. It's our reasonable act of worship and service for your great love for us. We thank you for the great gift of your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. In Christ alone, my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease my all in all here in the love of Christ I stand in Christ alone who took on flesh fullness of God in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came
body lay Light of the world by darkness slain Then bursting forth in glorious day Up from the grave he rose again And as he stands in victory Sin's curse is Executive Director of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. Please give us your feedback by emailing info at christiancrusaders.org or calling our office at 319-277-0924. Our primary goal is to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention a couple podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The first podcast is a Bible overview devotion called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions. The second podcast features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. It's called the CC Podcast Conversations. In fact, we have an interview with today's preacher, Tim Butker, and his son, Ike, about Ike's journey to the National Football League. There's also an interview with world-renowned Christian singer and songwriter Michael W. Smith. Check out this clip from my conversation with him. God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. That's one. That's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. <laughs> I'd rather do it myself. Yeah. You know, but I think it's who you walk with. Who is your? Who are you walking with? Who's your tribe? Who's your Bible study? Who's your church? Um, and you just have that accountability that um, that if you start to sort of wander off, you've got. Like, like, for example, I, th- I think if I just decided I wanted to be a rock star and I got all ego maniac guy, my prayer group would come up and knock me up the side of the head. You know, they'd come up, dude, what, snap out of it. Again, you can listen to that entire interview and several others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with broadcasts from former preachers dating back more than a decade on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. 
Today you've been listening to the CC Broadcast, a transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running ministries on the air since 1936. Our ministry is completely donor-funded and donations are tax-deductible. We are grateful for any donations which can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613 or made online at christiancrusaders.org thank you for tuning in to the cc broadcast we'll be here again next week at the same time and until then may god richly bless you